welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. And now I want to go to all the campuses and I want to talk to all of them. So this is a moment that was too good to just leave uh, one by one or whatever. So I'm talking to everybody and we have the Apple Valley campus right here and they're going to be cheering in just a minute. But uh, you've heard from your campus pastor or one of the pastors at your campus has given you the total for your campus and told you what you've done so far for uh, the year. And uh, what we haven't done is put them all together. And so I want to do that right now. And I want to let you know, this is the miracle offering. This is not like what was pledged or promised. This is money that came in. It came in in cash and checks and stock gifts and cryptocurrency and all different. And it came in in just that short two-week period. Our miracle offering, all campus combined, is $2,699,158, which is incredible. Praise God for that. And if you are good at math, that means our total for Kingdom Builders this year went over 7.5 million. It's 7,648,448. I think we need to stand to our feet at all campuses and thank God for that. Praise God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That is an incredible amount. And I just want to say to God be the glory. The goal was 7.5 million and we've already gone past the goal. So the goal has been, uh, uh, you know, achieved, but the needs still continue. There's more needs out there, but the goal has been done. And I just got to say this, when I announced it um, at the beginning of the year and I said 7.5 million, you know, because last year COVID, you know, I said it was eight and then I went backwards to 7.5. And seriously, Afterwards, I, I, walking through the lobby, I was getting booed and heckled and like, boo, where's your faith? I thought you had the gift of faith, you know? And, and so I, I just, I, I thank God that we went over 7.5 million. I'll take the heckling, all right. And I'll take it again when we go over eight, because I'm believing we're going to go over eight million in the remainder of the year. You, you may not know this, but last year, after miracle offering, between miracle offering announcement and year end, about a million dollars more came in. And so I'm believing, and I just want you to grab hold of this. The goal, the goal was met, but the needs remain. There's still more needs. As soon as we knew that we hit this goal, I grabbed the team together. I said, find me $2 million more of projects that we can go after. Two million more. They said, where's your faith? I said, get me three million more. Three. Uh, but I, honestly, we have about two million more worth of needs that we could go after. Now, we've met our goal, and every single one of the things that we are wanting to give to will be fully funded. Every single one of them will receive a full check that we are believing for. Matter of fact, I'm just, I, they don't have it today. They don't have it. We got to put the list of all the ministries up on the screen, and you got to just see it. You got to see all the different ministries that, that are going to receive what they've been praying for and everything. But I'm believing we're going to go over $8 million. And I believe that whatever comes in over that, we're going to continue to go after. And we'll let you know these bonus projects that are coming out each week and, and what the new total is. We'll just tell you every week what the new total is as we go in. And I thank God for that. Some campuses 
increased like almost 100% from previous years. There was just a, a special anointing of generosity. And can I just say thank you for the, the smallest gift, the largest gift, the gift that came from a sacrifice, the gift that came from abundance, wherever you're at. This, I, I wrote this down in my notes. I, I, if we clapped for 30 minutes saying to God be the glory, that would be a worthy service. I mean, it would just, like, it, it, it is one of those, and we don't have to, but I, I just was in awe of what God is doing, and I believe there's a, a, a greater anointing that is coming on our church in this area, and it just, there's something as we are saying, God, we want to give this away. We want to help other churches to be able to do what you've done in this church, and so, um, man, I, I just want to commit this to the Lord, and, and I, wherever we finish, Wherever we finish, I'm, I'm just praying um, that we're, that number will continue to grow. And I, I want to speak this too to somebody that says, well, now my gift isn't needed, okay? Here, here's the thing. Don't let the goal being met keep you from what God spoke to you when you asked him for a number. Think about it. That was a moment of obedience, and God gave you that number. Now, you, you, you thought it was to get to the 7.5, but maybe God's like, no, that bonus project needs to be funded. And I still spoke to you that real number. So don't let a, a goal being met Keep you from doing what God was stirring in your heart. You're like, oh, it's not needed. No, there's still more. That's why I said, let's find more projects. And we did. And we have project after project after project. We just want to bless more people and to continue to grow. And as you know, our, our goal as a church is to get to 10 million annually. And, about, and, and, and I got to tell you, as much faith as that took to announce that the first day, now I stand here with 10 million, and, and again, I'm just like, Lord, we're going to do that. We're going to get there someday, and sooner than we thought, and then from there, God, can you get a, give us a revision? You know, you get vision, can you give us a revision of where we can go to build your kingdom? So would, would you just do this? Would you just pray right now with me, and let's just thank God. He gave the money to us, and then we in turn gave it back to him. He provided for us. Then we said, God, this is what we want to give back to fuel. We've got to take care of our needs, but we're going to give this back to fuel this for your glory and for your honor. So let's just thank him for the privilege of living blessed to be a blessing. And let's say, God, use us to be kingdom builders in your name. So Lord, we thank you for this. We thank you. We give you the glory and the praise and the honor. This is something that you did through us. You, you gave it to us, and we in turn said, God, it's yours. We desire to fuel your kingdom. So God, I thank you that we have hit this goal, that we have done this. The goal has been met. And I thank you, God, that there are needs out there that we can continue to go after. And I pray for a, a follow-through obedience is what I'm praying for, a follow-through obedience. There are people that were used to being gap fillers, and at the end of the year, they came in at the end and filled the gap. Now I pray, God, they'd switch over to say, I'm not going to be a gap filler. I'm going to be the bonus generator. I'm going to generate the bonus for the next level. And I pray that there would just be that spirit upon our church that we're always ready to do more. But God, we don't want to miss this. We hit the goal because of your goodness to us. And so we say, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. May we continue to build your kingdom. May we continue to be sensitive to what you're speaking to us and be obedient. And may the gifts of many, when pooled together, do something incredible to fuel your kingdom. We thank you for this. We say to God be the glory. Thank you for letting us live. Blessed to be a blessing and being kingdom builders in this way. Now, God, help us to, to be generous on every occasion and to move your church forward and to be the, the followers you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. I believe one more hand clap is in order. One more hand clap of praise. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Now, with all that, I, I almost wanted to do a, another sermon on gratitude or a sermon on the goal met. Goal was met, but the need remains. But I, 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 I opted away from that. I just, I feel like that celebratory moment was so strong. And I, I have a sermon that I'm not even sure I'm gonna, how far I'm going to get in it. Um, but it was inspired during Sparkle. So while I was at Sparkle, I was inspired by the sermon. Uh, Bianca Oltoff was preaching. And in her introduction, she was talking about uh, the Apostle Paul. And if the ladies who were there, she talked about the Apostle Paul, that that's her Bible boyfriend, that she has a crush on him. She, she absolutely loves the Apostle Paul. And um, if you're not familiar with the Apostle Paul, um, before his name was Paul, it was Saul. He was actually persecuting the church. He was coming after Christians and, and actually killing them and getting them thrown into jail. And the Apostle Paul had this, this moment with God and God changed his name from Saul and he became a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've never, you know, uh, looked at his conversion, it's found in Acts chapter 9, a dramatic moment. He gets blinded, knocked off the donkey, another man prays for him so he can get his sight back and he, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just, a, it's absolutely, and the guy that was persecuting the church now is building the church. And it's, it's an amazing story about the Apostle Paul. And, and he wrote so much in the New Testament in our Bible. He wrote Galatians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians, Philemon, Colossians, Philippians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus, and quite possibly he wrote Hebrews. So he wrote quite a bit of the Bible. He's a very instrumental person in the, the, the growing of the church, the building of the church, the expansion of the church. And so as she's joking around about having this crush on Paul, it got me to thinking like Paul was an amazing believer. Paul was an amazing follower of Jesus Christ. Paul was absolutely out there, amazing, way out in front. And I just kept thinking he is quite the example to follow. I thought Paul was so incredible. And all this is going on while she's preaching. And I'm, I'm multitasking in, in a moment. And, and then I started to write this sermon. Some of you thought I was texting and you need to pray for forgiveness, uh, judging me. I was not texting. I was writing a sermon while she was preaching and I was multitasking, all right? I started saying, Paul was amazing and we are, maybe we should, Paul was amazing and we are. And I kept feeling like we're not measuring up and maybe we should, and that just turned into the sermon today with the short amount of time that I have. And I thought about this. We can look at the Apostle Paul as an example. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So we can look at the Apostle Paul and say, Paul was, we are, maybe we should. We can do that progression today because Paul said like, Follow me. And, and we, we are imitative uh, creatures. That's what someone has said. They said that we are just imitative. Like people will imitate and start to, to act like you'll talk like, you'll think like, you'll, you'll walk like. I mean, put me in the South for like a day or two and I'm like, how y'all doing? I mean, I just roll. I just get in there. It drives Becca crazy. But I, I just like go right into it. I just, I want to immerse my, that's the way we're made. And Paul wasn't arrogant. He wasn't say, follow me. He was like, follow me as I follow Christ. As I follow Christ. Like, I'm just letting you know, if you're looking for somebody a little closer to your humanity, like we're all following Jesus. But if you're wondering somebody who's in between Jesus and you, like I'm there and you can follow me as I follow Christ. And I want to let you know, that's very good to do, to imitate people that are further along in the faith than you. When I was in Cub Scouts years ago, I remember they were teaching me how to use a compass. And I was sitting there using the compass. And they said, all right, there's where we want to go. We want to go, that, see that heading right there? But we can't, if we go down in that forest, we're going to get lost. So what's something we could see? All right, that 
tree right there. We're going to keep our eyes fixed on that tree. And once we get to that tree, then we're going to get our bearings again, figure out where we want to go, look for something in the line and look at that. And so Paul is saying like, you're following Jesus, but I'm here and on your way of following, follow me, imitate me. Look at the things that I'm doing and, and imitate those things. And I would just say, do you have an example that you're following? Do you have somebody on this earth that's like further along in the faith than you? And you're like, I just kind of, I, I want to be like that person. I want to be like her. I want to be like him. I want to follow them as they follow Christ. If you don't, I encourage you to look and say, God, who's further along that could help me in this road? And then I want to ask you this, like, are you somebody that can say, follow me as I follow Christ? Or you're like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. No, don't, don't follow me. Don't follow me. I'm like, I'm not doing it. That's not the way we should be. We should be saying, I, I, I'm looking at Jesus. I'm following this person because they're on that path ahead of me and I, I'm following them. And then, by the way, follow me because I, I, I'm walking this way. We should not be living like one of my friends, his, his dad, when we were young, this true story, his dad's like smoking. He's like, hey, kids, don't smoke. This stuff will kill you. And we're like, we're just like eight or nine. We're like, um, and he's like, don't, this will kill you. This will, and, we're, and, and I said, and so I just said, but, but you're smoking. And he goes, do as I say, not as I do. That's not in the Bible, right? That's what smokers say to people. Don't do as I say, not as I do. You don't want to live that way. You want to live like the Apostle Paul. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so I pray that you're going to live that way. So a couple of this, I'll, I'll fly through these, but it's not exhaustive. And I hope this just gets you thinking. I hope it gets you thinking on how we should walk as believers following Jesus, but looking at the life of Paul and looking at those that are ahead of us. So Paul was bold. Paul was bold. All right. And we are way too timid. Paul was bold. If you look right after following Jesus in Acts chapter 9, it says, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoke to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So he just gets saved. He's bold, bold, bold. Acts 14, he continued. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Acts 19, verse eight. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. This, this boldness led to a list of challenges, but Paul was bold and we are way too timid. We are way too timid. I got a compliment the other day that I actually took like as not a compliment. Somebody said, you know what I really like about you? You're like not one of those pushy Christians. You're just kind of, you know, in there. You're just kind of there. And I was like, no, I'm not there. I can be pushy. Isabel's my mother. I can be pushy. I got this. Like, I know what they were trying to say, like you're normal. But I was like, I just didn't want to feel normal, you know, like, I, don't, I want to be bold. I want you to say, like, when you come in the room, we know Jesus came with you, you know? I just, I just want to, I didn't, I, I know what they were saying. Like, I'm not obnoxious, and I don't want to be obnoxious, but I definitely don't want to be way too timid. So if Paul was bold, and we're way too timid, then, then maybe we should find our boldness. Maybe we ought to have a little more boldness in our life and say, God, I want to be bold for you. I'm going to speak up when I need to speak up. I'm not going to be pushy, but I'm also not going to be a pushover. I'm going, to, I'm going to speak up for you. And what's good about this is Paul had to find his boldness. As bold as he was, 
There are times he's like, hey, pray for me. Ephesians 6, 19. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. He's like, hey, pray that I get this boldness so that I will just fearlessly make known. So, so Paul was bold. We're way too timid. Maybe we should find that boldness and be praying about it and, and say, God, build up that boldness in us. When I was in Kenya and I was with the Maasai tribe, we were doing a, 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 one of our kingdom builder projects. And I'll never forget that. They, they had us with the Maasai tribe and they were jumping and they were doing their little ceremony and they're jumping. I said, what are you jumping for? And they said, we're jumping to be brave. They said, if we're going to go kill a lion, we got to jump to be brave. I'm like, jump and bring a gun, you know, like, you know, and they're jumping and they're, and, and they said, we jump to be brave. I don't know what you have to do to get brave, jump to get brave, pray to get brave, ask a friend in your small group how to get brave, but we need to be more bold for Jesus Christ. We're going to follow him as he followed Jesus. All right. Another thing, Paul was robbed. He was whipped and he was left for dead. We are rich, bored, and barely alive. Isn't it amazing how tough the sermons are when I write them at Sparkle? You know, like, it's like tough, right? right. Paul said he was in danger of bandits. He was getting robbed. He was whipped five times, is what he tells us in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. He says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. He was left for dead in Acts 14, verse 19. Then some of the Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. I mean, he was robbed, whipped, and left for dead. And we are rich, bored, and barely alive. And when you think about how rich we are, now that's why I thank God for Kingdom Builders. Kingdom Builders gives meaning to the money that God has placed into our hands. And instead of saying, we'll build bigger barns, we're saying, we'll build the kingdom of God. I mean, but we are so rich. When you think about it, the USA has 30% of the world's wealth, and we're just over 4% of the world's population. And we have 30% of the world's wealth. I found this stat staggering in May of 2021, May of 2021, just coming out of COVID, right? Okay. Americans spent $67 billion in restaurants, 67. And think about how many people were still afraid to go out. We spent $67 billion. We are rich. And we should say, God, we want to use it for your glory, but we're bored. New research by Max Knobloch in the New York Post said the average American now, this is pre-COVID, too. This survey was done in 2019. The average American, he said, experiences 131 days of boredom a year. What is it at COVID? 300? I mean, like, like we're not changing out of our sweats much anymore. You know, like, it's like, and he said, we're bored. And Paul's like, no, I'm living an exciting life. I'm going for it. I'm doing this. I'm praying, God, don't let us live bored lives. We are barely alive. Revelation 3, it said about the church at Sardis to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. So many churches are barely alive. And I pray God never let our church be barely alive. May we keep alive for God and just say, God, we want to live a life that's passionate. I, I remember just praying that prayer when I was in Bible college. I was in Bible college on spring break. We're in Florida and we were visiting a friend's church. True story. And we're visiting this church. It was really, it was, it was much more sedate than River Valley. And during the service, this older lady just like poof, falls out, like, poof, like not in the spirit, like falls out like heart or something, old age, something. Poof, down she goes. 
And they start taking care of her on like row six and I'm in row two and the pastor, he just kept preaching and he's reading his sermon. And I should say reading because he was just reading it and he was reading it and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at her and I'm looking at him and I'm looking at her. And then the ushers are gathering around her and he keeps going and I'm looking and then the paramedics come in. True story. He does not stop. He just keeps on going. Paramedics come in and all of a sudden you hear their radio. One out of 12, one out of 12, whatever they, whatever they said, you know, and he looks up and that startled him and he goes, oh my, uh, uh why don't we let them do their job and I'll do mine? And then he kept on reading. <laughs> Quit the church if I ever do that. Quit the church. All right. May we not live that way barely alive. I don't want it to be said about us that we are barely. Paul was alive. Paul was left for dead and he comes back to life. I pray that that's the type of life we're going to live. We're going to go. We're going to live every moment and say, God, we want to be fully, fully, fully alive. That's why we say go on a global team. That's why we say the 500 we want to send you. That's why I, I love the expectancy that's in our church where we come into worship and I pray we never lose that. We're going to follow Paul like as he followed Christ and may we never, ever, ever lose that. Romans 6, 6 11 says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. All right, let me keep going. I got a bunch of these. Paul was speaking in tongues all the time and we're not even sure about the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying, like, he's like, I pray in tongues more than you all. That's what, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. More than all of you. I just noticed I said y'all. I, I kind of went Southern right there. More than y'all, all right? Seriously, I'm surprised when people go to the Holy Spirit retreat or they go to church camp or something like that as a teenager, and they, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They get a prayer language that God gives you as an ability to edify yourself and to pray in the spirit and to pray total connected to God. And then I'm like, hey, are you about, well, I, 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 I said a few words once, you know, a couple, couple of weeks after camp, I kind of, you know, did that, you know, went to Holy Spirit retreat and had a couple of things and just kind of let it go. I'm like, don't let it go. Paul's like, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. Like I'm, I'm praying in tongues all the time in the spirit. I, I, and I'm just saying, if, if Paul was doing that, may we earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. May we just go after them like the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. I mean, if you've not been to Holy Spirit retreat, that needs to be your like New Year's resolution. You need to make it to Holy Spirit retreat. If you've not been to Alpha, you need to get to Alpha, which we do get you to the Holy Spirit retreat. If you are like hungry today, you need to come up to a prayer team member and pray. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If Paul says, I prayed in tongues more than all of you, and, and I'm not even sure, I, I need a refilling because at camp or at retreat five years ago, no, this is every single day. I can tell you this, during COVID, I've never prayed in the spirit more than during the last couple of years. The last couple of years, I have been praying in the spirit. He did, and, and we don't even know, maybe we should pursue those gifts with way more passion, all right? Got so many more, I'll, I'll get to as many as I can. Paul was in prison. A lot, a lot. We know of at least three times, but in 35 years of ministry, maybe more, because he doesn't even list the times he was in chains. In Acts 16, 21, 22, 24, 28, he just talks about being in chains. It might've been, so yet he was in prison a lot. And I'm not advocating for prison ministry. Like, okay, let's all start, okay. But Paul was put in prison, not for committing evil, but for being faithful. Paul was in prison a lot and we are free. We are free. 
And I pray that maybe we will use our freedom to make an eternal difference. Maybe we will use our freedom to, you know, I don't want us to get put into jail or prison for committing evil, but may it be said about us that we're going to to do whatever it takes, to do whatever it takes to bring the gospel to the world. I was with a group, and I won't say it because this will go out to the whole world and they could put the, connect the dots, but I was with a group and they were having their board meeting and I was talking to them and they were like, all right, this is our strategy. We're going to be as bold as we need to be. And then when we get kicked out of that country, we're just going to pick up and go to that country. And we're going to be as bold as we can until they throw us in prison or until they kick us out. And we're, gonna be, we're tired of just being so quiet, so quiet in church and so timid. We're going to be bold and we're gonna, we're, if we get thrown in prison, so be it. And some of them have been thrown in prison. Some of them have been thrown in prison and they get out. And I just remember, you know, I was doing some things. Again, I don't, I don't want to say the exact country, but I was like, what happens to me if we get caught tomorrow? And they said, well, you're going to jail. All right, so I'm going to jail. I said, are they going to kill me? They said, they're not going to kill you. All right, so we're good. Jails, I can handle jail. I'm not sure I'm ready to go yet. You know, I just, you know, I didn't even text Becca. You know, I should text her. They were, you know, so, and we went and did it. I mean, I'm just telling you. They're, they're th- putting out there in the risk. And maybe it's not prison, but it's risky. I mean, I was in a country, a Muslim country. And one of our missionaries, he was walking around with me and he walked into the store. He goes, hey, you want to have fun tonight? I said, yeah, let's do it. And we go in the store and he goes, hey, this guy is a Christian pastor. He goes, have you ever wanted to ask a Christian pastor a question? I was like, you are using me as bait. You know, like, and, 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 we, and then we went from store to store to store talking with people about Jesus. And I'll tell you what, you would never do it. If I told you the country, you'd say, no, you did not. Yes, I did. And I didn't even text Becca. All right, you know. But I was ready to go. Paul was in prison. Don't miss this. We're free. I pray that we'll use our freedom for his glory. And some of you are like, I don't want to go to a global team. There's this out there and that. And remember when it was during COVID, I said, I said, when it's safe, we'll go, no. I stopped myself. I said, it's never safe. Like, we'll use common sense, but I'm so glad that Jesus didn't say, when it's safe, disciples, you leave Jerusalem. It's like, go, 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 use your freedom, use your freedom. By the way, can we pray for those that are in chains? I won't stop in the service now, but I want to encourage you to make a point this week to pray for those that are in prison for their faith. True statistic right now, in this last year, 4,277 believers worldwide were detained without a trial, they were or, or arrested or sentenced or imprisoned. 4,277. And we have freedom, and we're like, I don't even know if I want to go on a global team. I don't know if I want to go on a virtual global team. I don't know. Oh, no, no. No, no. If Paul's willing to be put in prison, if these people are willing to say, I believe in Jesus so much that I'll be detained, imprisoned, put into suffering, may we use our freedom and say, God, may we live a life worthy of the freedom that we've been given. Paul was torn between earth and heaven. I'll read it because it's so important. Philippians 1, 21, 24. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet will I sh- shall choose. I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is b- better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. He's like, I, I really want to be with Jesus in heaven, but I've got work to do with you guys here. I'm torn. 
When was the last time you were literally torn? Like, I'm so in love with Jesus that I wish I could just be in his presence right now. And, and some of you are like, yeah, finals week. No, that doesn't count. You know, like, I mean, really in love with Jesus. And you're like, I really want to be, I'm so enraptured. I'm so in love with you. I want to be with you. I want to be in your presence. You are my everything. We're so, so Paul was torn between earth and heaven. We are so in love with this world and we think so little about heaven. Maybe we should remember that this world is not our home. Hebrews 13, 14, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that is to come. This isn't our home. I feel like I have to wake up every day and say, this is not my home. This is not my home. This is not my home. This is not where I'm staying. This is not where I need to leave my treasure. This is not where it's all about. That This is not where I'm going to end my life. I'm going on into eternity with God. I will be in his presence. Heaven is my home. Lastly, Paul was full of zeal and we get way too close to apathy. In his worship, in his prayer, in his church communities, he was hungry, he was passionate, he was zealous. I mean, the same zeal that he was persecuting people with and throwing Christians in jail, all of a sudden he has that same zeal. He's like, I'm going wherever it takes. I'm going to be full of zeal. I'm going to go. I'm going to be full of passion for God. And I feel like apathy is like the kryptonite to our walk. It zaps us into just this powerless, just half-hearted lethargic. And I pray that we would, maybe we should press on. Maybe we should stay faithful. Maybe we should stay full of zeal. And I would pray that, I just want to give Paul like the final opportunity to challenge us. These are his words that he wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit in Romans 12, 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I'm praying that Paul was so full of zeal, we just get too close to apathy. Maybe we should get that zeal and that fire and that passion again. It's been a hard-hitting look at Paul. Very quick. Some of you are like, we could, what about this one? Yeah, go with it. But I want to say this. I'm just as guilty as so much of this. As I was preparing this, I'm like, ah, man, this world is not my home. Sometimes I get apathetic. I don't want to take it as a compliment that you fit in so well. So I'm preaching to myself here. I'm just praying like, Jesus, Jesus is the one that we're following. And he's perfect in all of his ways. In that line, we're, we're aiming for him. Paul was there and he's like, follow me as I follow Christ. And I think it'd be good for us to say, man, Paul, you've really challenged us. You've really challenged us. You gave us something to look at. You were a regular person. You're you're somebody we could follow. And we pray that as we follow Jesus, we'll look at that example and that'll hit us hard. I pray that we'll fix our eyes on Jesus. He'll give us the strength to, to get to the finish line and get for that well done. But until then, let's follow the people that are ahead of us. And let's look at Paul. Let's look at Peter. Let's look at the disciples. And then let's look at Jesus and say, you're the one. You're the one we want to look like. God, help us to look like you and follow you. So God, I just pray right now in this moment. It's a challenge for us to to just look at somebody who was so far out there ahead of us and so far out there doing so good, but he was following you. And I love that he gave us this challenge. Follow me as I follow Christ. I thank you, God, that he pursued those things. He went after it. He was imprisoned. He was whipped and shipwrecked and all the different things. And he did it for your glory and for your honor. And no condemnation right now, God. I pray for conviction. 
I pray for conviction to hit all of us. That conviction that says, that's an area I have to work on. That's an area. I'm not going to be the type of person that says, don't, don't do as I do, but do as I say. I, I want to be the one that says, follow me as I follow Christ. So God, may this grab us. May this grip us. May it move us forward. And may we be challenged by the life that Paul lived and live a life that it brings glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.